about to start so pop those headphones in and let Sophia style radio to keep you company. Love Thy Body Project, home of female empowerment. you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com Can't you just let me be? 
Welcome to Live Thy Body Project, the show where no topic is off limits. We're here to encourage, empower and support. I'm Laura Bland and of course we are joined by the gorgeous Serena Novelli and our guest today is the fantastic Sally Madelow. Now Sally is one of our authors from Love Thy Body Real Life Stories Volume 3 which we launched back in November and became a number one bestseller on Amazon. So if you haven't got your copy please do head on over to Amazon, go order it, you can get it on Kindle, you can get it in paperback. I warn you though up front you're going to need your tissue box handy because the stories that we're sharing are incredibly emotional, they're open, they're honest, they're raw. But the whole idea behind every story that we share is to inspire other people, to show them that on the really shitty, dark days, you can still get through it. You can move forward, you can create the life that you want to create. And Sally is one of our extremely brave authors sharing her journey. Sally suffers from a chronic illness which can I guess I would say can be debilitating will have flare-ups so will affect her in in different ways at different times and Sally chose to share that journey with us to kind of highlight that what we see on the surface isn't necessarily the full story and we can't judge what other people are going through and what they're experiencing and I know, Sally, it's been a very long road for you, hasn't it, in terms of, you know, diagnosis, finding the right ways to navigate life. You've had different um, struggles in terms of within your, your personal life and relationships and those kinds of things. But I think to start with, if you can tell us, you know, a little bit about your condition and how it affects you as an individual, because that's something, you know, so, so Sally has ME, which is something that not everyone knows about. So just tell us a little bit about that and how it actually affects you on a day-to-day basis. So ME is a condition that is sometimes known as chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, in America, they call it chronic fatigue syndrome, we call it ME, but there's arguments as to whether they are two different things or one and the same, but I kind of interchange between the two the two words for it because it, it, I think chronic fatigue syndrome helps to explain it a little better to people like when you tell people that you've got ME they instantly think MS and it's very very different it's a autoimmune condition which has no real known cause or cure so it's a condition that tends to start for a lot of people after a significant life stress or um, post-viral so well I first became ill when I was nine years old I'd had a really really bad dose of the flu I'd overcome it I was a gymnast training six days a week to be um, a professional gymnast and doing real competitions and everything else and um, and then one day I kind of got out of bed and was unable to walk the pain and fatigue kicked in for me the worst symptoms are the chronic fatigue, literally not being able to get out of bed, not being able to lift your arms to feed yourself, not being able to get yourself to the bathroom. You're that fatigued. It's complete overall body body weakness, mind weakness, um, like you're being sat on by an elephant all the time and there's nothing that you can do. And then along with that, you get chronic pain. So I used to suffer with severe pains in my legs, muscle weakness, so I'd lose the ability to stand brain fog, just not being able to get your words out, not being able to formulate a sentence, trying to speak to people and not knowing what the words were, not being able to make a decision. So it's anxiety and it creates stress. 
And sensory overload is another massive one that impacted me a lot more, I think, as an adult when I had my relapse, because I was a mum of two children and two very small children that like to scream and shout and cry and have fun and squeal and things like that. But literally the noises of them even having fun, not even necessarily crying, literally went through my body like nails down a blackboard would make me angry would make me hide would make me shout make me scream and as a mum that is quite horrendous because you just feel like then you just feel like you're failing as a mum you have that massive mum guilt you've got no energy to get up and do fun things with them so the kids are running around bored um because they're sick and tired of watching disney movies and having snuggles on the sofa because they just want to burn some energy off you can't help them do that um, you can't I couldn't bath my own children I couldn't feed my own children and that triggers what I believe is a lot of anxiety and depression which then consequently triggers more fatigue and more you know exhaustion and more sadness and overwhelm and sensory overload and everything becomes like a, a, a melting pot of like a, a never-ending cycle basically of just stress and exhaustion so that's pretty much how it affected me. Um, that was when it was in my in my really bad states. Now it's I have it to a point where it's a lot more manageable. In fact, I haven't really had any symptoms now for about seven or eight months, which is amazing. I've got great energy. Things are a lot more manageable now. Yeah. So you you mentioned about kind of you know relapse and then at the moment being in a a much better place. Are there specific things that you actively do to try and manage your health and maintain like you were saying those energy levels and a you know a healthy mind and a healthy body what are the kinds of things that you invest your time in when I first relapsed it also happened to coincide with my marriage ending so I then was very very sick um very unable to care for my two children was a single parent very depressed and would just make do with whatever food I could get my hands on, basically. So whatever was easy to get out of the cupboard. So it might have been cake. It could have been a cup of tea and a whole cake. You know, it could have been a cup of tea and an entire pack of biscuits. Things that I could just chuck in the oven, chicken nuggets and chips, you know, all these sorts of things. So my diet then, disin not disintegrated, that's not the right word, but just went downhill. Also, I started drinking alcohol because I I was just trying to numb the pain as well and taking a lot of medications. I was taking so, so many medications. Anything that I could get my hands off to take away the pain and to numb everything. But in actual fact, I think an awful lot of that made a lot of my symptoms much, much worse. I just remember one day laying on the sofa thinking, my God, what's my life going to look like in 20 years time if this is the cycle that I continue, if nothing changes? How am I going to get better? There is no cure. There is no medicine that's going to make me better. So, so I've got to do something if I want to raise my kids happy and stop being a burden to my parents who are coming around to look after me every day. I started looking into supplements and I found a supplement that just kind of bridged the gap between what I was eating and what I really should be. I mean, I was taking about 20 tablets a day of all various different medications. And I found one that was like a healthy supplement and it sounded like it would just basically... Give, it was it promised it promised better energy and a better immune system and I was like yeah that's the one for me I need that that's exactly if it, if it can give me better energy I really don't care I will take it I will inject it into my eyeballs I really don't mind how it gets into my system I will find a way so and I figured it's the one thing that I can do I know I can sit here and take tablets 
because it takes no effort. So um, I started with those and my energy started to improve. And then consequently, I started to get a little bit better. I was able to bath my kids of an evening and I was able to potter around in the kitchen a little bit more. So once I then got that energy, I then looked into cleaning up my diet, making more conscious effort to eat sort of a range of vegetables, a range of proteins and pulses and things like that. Things started to improve slowly but surely. And that I then got even more benefits from. So that was the next phase. And then I thought, right, let's start and see if I can do a little bit of X. So every single thing that I did, it, none of it I did all at once. Um, there is no like, oh, I did all of this stuff and it all happened and then I was better. This has been an eight year long journey of recovery and tweaking and finding different things that worked for me. So I started with one supplement, then I changed my diet, then I added in another supplement. So I looked into mitochondrial therapy, which is about the energy cells in your body. And I started adding those um, supplements into my diet. I'd kind of got to a point, but I was still crashing. So I was doing so much better, but I was still having a lot of setbacks. So every so often things would get too much and then I'd be back in bed again and I'd be struggling. So I knew there was there was more to work on. And then I got introduced to personal development. This is probably maybe six years ago. So reading, and I was like, oh, I, lo I love reading. Like I love reading novels. You can, you can find my nose in a book anytime. But the thought of reading a self-help book, I was a bit like, I don't know, who does this stuff? It's a bit hippy-dippy, isn't it? You know, like, but then huh, five, six years later, I am full hippy-dippy. You know, that is me. I love all things self-help. So I was introduced to a book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And initially I was introduced to it for business purposes. So I was working in network marketing and it was sort of helped you explain, you know, how the small, consistent daily actions can help you build a really good business. But I also took it that the small daily consistent actions that you take with your health build for a better long term health. So taking your supplements every single day, drinking water every single day, cutting out coffee and swapping it for green tea or something like that. All those very small, simple choices that you make every single day. It might seem tiny at the time, but long term, it really does build up. And sometimes it can take years to see the benefits. It's a no-brainer if you're going to choose a salad over a takeaway. What is long-term going to have the benefit, better benefits for your body? But it's not always that easy to make those decisions and stick to that discipline. But the more I kind of saw benefits happening, the more I kind of got excited about the next step. What else can I do? You know, what else can I add into this journey? And then so personal development became something that I did quite regularly and I think the other thing about personal development is you can read all the books you like, but you have to implement them. And that's half the battle is a lot of us read the books and then we do nothing. Occasionally you will come across a book and that you think, I can do that. It's a small, simple change. I liked the idea of spending a little bit, half an hour in the morning before the kids get up just on me. So it's a little bit of journaling, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of visualization. There's a, there's a bunch of things. And I thought, well, let's give that a whirl. So I started with a couple of bits and a couple of bits stuck and a couple of bits didn't. And then over the years, I've kind of made my own little morning routines of what works for me. So, yeah, that was another really amazing practice. So meditation, yoga has become a huge practice for me. Um, I really wanted to up my fitness in 2020. And I've always done a little bit of yoga every so often. The last year or this year, 
I really got into fitness and started doing a lot more working out, a lot more hits training and things like that, which I was really excited about. So yeah, there's so many things, exercise, meditation, mindset, so many. And then recently, I suppose I've got into a bit of a spiritual journey as well, which is, that's where I feel like I've gone a bit real hippy dippy now, but like, wow, that's where it goes to the next level, really. So before we move on to the spiritual then, I think you've said loads of things there that are are key elements that anyone can kind of take away and put into life to make positive changes. So small daily steps. It's not got to be massive changes all in one go. And like you say, it doesn't matter what it is that we're trying to achieve, whether it's a health goal, a fitness goal, a business goal, a life goal. Those small steps that you can take on a consistent basis build up over time. And that's what creates the eventual avalanche. And you, you know, you you kind of get to where you want to be finding the things that actually work for you as an individual there is no one size fits all with with anything in life yet we are very often given that approach from other people whether it's medical professionals that are offering a blanket kind of treatment or whether it's a diet club that is offering a set process or shake or meal or whatever it might be you know there is no one size fits all so it's about finding what for you is something that you can invest your time and your energy in that's when it doesn't start to work you know it's, it's it shouldn't be a chore and it shouldn't be something that you're stressing over it's about okay so sometimes I'm like okay forget it this morning let's get the kids to school come home and then I will sit down in t- and have 10 minutes to myself um, and it can be like two minutes, it can be 10 minutes, it could be a whole hour, it depends what you've got on your on your day. For example, with like exercising, you know, like for me, um, when you suffer with ME, you also suffer with something called post-exertional malaise, which means that any exertion you do, you, there's a payback for it. So you might do a workout, feel amazing, smash it, and then you spend two days on the sofa because you've, you've buggered yourself, basically. You know, it's, it's just ruined you. You've, you've flawed your en- energy reserves. And those energy reserves don't replenish. Like, you can't just go to bed and wake up the next day and feel fine like most people will do. It just doesn't work like that. Our bodies don't work like that. But so I've had to then learn that, okay, so that maybe I'll do a little bit of exercise twice a week. Maybe I'll do a little bit of gentle stretching in bed that will be my exercise maybe I will just walk to school to do the school run instead of doing the hits workout anything is better than nothing I think an, a massive mindset thing that I've had to learn is not to be so hard on myself a lot of people that have ME have come from a big like a, a quite a driven personality people that have been overachievers or have been working really hard and stuff and I think it's because you kind of pushed your body and your mind to that mental limit and it broke a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of mindset work and a lot of being kind to yourself and a lot of being aware of your internal dialogue a lot of the time because you can be so hard on yourself and you can say, oh, you're such a failure today because you didn't do that. But I wouldn't say to you, oh, Serena, you didn't do your journaling this morning. You're such a failure. You know, you just don't say it to other people. So you've got to not say it to yourself. Yeah, that's definitely a key message. And we talk about that a lot um, in the courses that we run in terms of, you know, self-love and, and giving yourself that that kindness. And if you're not going to say those kinds of words to your best friend, your daughter, whoever it else is, then you shouldn't say it to yourself either. If you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com.
I'm going to throw out what is possibly a really difficult question, Sally. So you said that obviously your symptoms started back when you were nine years old after you'd suffered with the flu. Now, that's got to have been, you know, something huge for nine-year-old girl, loads of dreams, training to be a gymnast, all of those sort of wonderful things that you were doing that then got taken away from you. What would you, if you could... What would you go back and tell your nine-year-old self that was suddenly going through one of the, you know, biggest life-changing experiences at that point? What what kind of words of comfort now do you think you could go back and, and give to that girl? Going back to that nine-year-old girl, like, 
it's really hard because I suffered a lot of bullying. Obviously, I missed a lot of school. I would be dropped off at school and falling asleep on my desk and things like that. And I remember falling asleep at my desk and hearing other children come into the classroom um, and sort of saying, I don't think she's really asleep, you know, like she's not really sleeping, she's just faking. And and that, I think, has stayed with me all my life. The, the opinions of other people have stayed with me all my life and relationships and feeling not worthy and feeling not believed. Um, so what I would say to that nine-year-old girl is, I believe you, you know, I believe in you because that is one of the biggest things that comes with this condition is that even doctors don't believe you. Like the doctors didn't believe me um, for very many years, you know, and even today there's a lot of scoffing around it. You know, it's a lot of, oh, well, you know, if you perhaps if you lost a bit of weight or perhaps if you, you know, just got up and did a bit more, you know, and perhaps took these antidepressants, then it would fix you. But none of those things fix you. It is a real physical condition and I went through a lot of life not feeling like I fit in and not feeling like I was good enough as I've got older I've realized I've sort of come across a lot of people in my life that have appreciated me for me life is okay life is going to be hard no matter what uh, I think the main thing to say would be that I believe you and just keep being you keep believing in yourself and keep voicing it the one thing that I think I've taken away from having this condition as an adult is that I relearned what it was all about as an adult. So I lived like a what I, I, I believed at the time was a relative state of remission in my 20s, but really I was just kind of partying my way through my 20s. I was very much like, I wasn't sure whether I was hungover or what, but what, whether I was fatigued or what I was doing, but I was toxically powering myself through my 20s. So when my 30s hit, I realised that this was a real condition and I had to relearn what it was all about then that's when I kind of set up a Facebook group. The reason I set the group up was to find other adults basically that had it and what, what it entailed for them and seeing if I could find some other people that understood me because nobody really understood me. But there are people out there now that will understand you and the more you seek out people that are like you, then you'll, you'll realise you're not alone in all of this. Yeah, and I think that's a powerful message, isn't it? Just being able to tell someone that you believe them and that you believe in them and that, essentially you know they can they can rely on you they can trust you it kind of it feels like that that should be a given doesn't it you know that that should be kind of the the default setting for us all like when we talk about you know be kind and and share other people show other people love and and forgiveness and all those kind of things you kind of feel like well that surely that should be the human person's default setting and yet somehow it's actually it's not so I think that's a very powerful message in terms of just, you know, I believe you and I believe in you. And that's probably something that actually a lot of us can take away and benefit from. And maybe there's someone that each of us knows that's going through something. You know, it could be it could be anything in life, really. And actually just telling them that you're there for them could make a massive difference to them. I was very, very lucky. I had one person in my life that believed everything even when nobody else believed in it and that was my mum you know my mum was my one and only best friend my voice she was my champion she went from obviously from the age of nine I mean this is back in the 80s you know nine years old in the 80s and the doctors didn't believe me and she fought and fought and fought she was like no there is something really wrong with my daughter and there is it's very real like she's 
she tried everything that she could to get me the right support and we didn't necessarily get it but she was the one person that I could trust and rely on and, and knew that believed in me 100% so when I had my relapse and I was going through a marriage breakdown as well so he was less inclined to want to care for me I suppose and necessarily believe that I was as bad as I as I really was she was there to pick up all those pieces and um and support me and I think if you've got one person that believes in you that's enough that is enough um and so I know that there are a lot of people out there that have got this condition that are living with a partner or have a parent or have a child or have someone that truly thinks oh just get a good night's sleep and you'll get better or they turn around and say something like oh I'm knackered as well yeah it's been a resource it's, it's been exhausting when you're thinking you have no idea you have absolutely no idea but reach out to the people that are around you and if you don't have anyone like that look into Facebook groups look into forums where you can meet up with other people that are suffering because I think it's an essential part of your recovery to know that what you're going through is very real and it and to and to understand that other people there are other people out there that have got it as well and they can relate to you in a in a way that nobody else will, will be able to yeah support is definitely a, a key element isn't it with any any kind of journey through life and particularly when you're struggling with something that where there is no end you know there might be good days and there might be bad days but at the end of the day you know the condition that you've got there is no like you say there's no cure there's no end to it you don't know what next week is going to be like let alone you know two years down the line it's very difficult I can only imagine because I'm not in that position but I can only imagine that it's very difficult to, to to kind of manage that if you allow yourself to become stuck in that kind of the negativity and the self-doubt and the the questioning and yeah so support to help you stay positive to help you to make the plans that you can make and all of that kind of stuff is really key and whilst you know Serena and I might not be experiencing the same kind of things we very much hope that that we provide support and an outlet and a loving community with Love Thy Body Project that people can feel comfortable to share in you know, whatever they need to at, at that particular time, you know, whatever you're going through. So if there's anyone listening at the moment, if you're not part of the Love Thy Body Project community, do search us out on Facebook and come and join us. Sally, if anyone wants to sort of connect with you, where is the best place for people to, to sort of come and find you and see what it is that you're up to? Or um, obviously you mentioned a Facebook group. I don't know if you're still running that. Where can people kind of find that to just get their own support if they're needing it so i'm contacted on facebook but i think i'm about the only sally Medallo on facebook spelled sally with an i and Medallo m-a-double-d-a-l-o i don't think there are any more of me which is fabulous so you can just find me by searching me on facebook um, and i'm always happy to um answer messages from people that are struggling or would like any sort of advice as to where i started the, the supplements that i've used the the resources that I've tapped into over the years, um, you know, I do, I've got quite a few like free meditation resources. I've got the books that I've read. Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of things that I can sort of just signpost people towards. There's not nothing that I'm particularly even selling or anything like that. It's just like, I know that these worked for me. Maybe you could give those a try and see if they work for you. It might not because 
my body is not your body and it is everybody's DNA is completely different and what works for my mindset isn't necessarily going to work for yours as well but it might be something that you can pick one thing out of the 10 things that I do each day and that might make a difference to you so more than happy for that um for you to contact me in in, in any of those places yeah brilliant well thank you very much for joining us today and for just Again, shining a bit of light on on what ME actually is and how it can affect you as an individual. Yeah, there you go. If you want to connect with Sally, go find her over on Facebook. That is the best place. Um, come give us some love over in the Love Thy Body Project Facebook group. And if you haven't already got your copy, get yourselves over to Amazon and order or download Love Thy Body Real Life Stories Volume 3. And Serena, although very quiet today, will be back with me again very shortly for another episode. So take care. If you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com.